Congresswoman Liz Cheney is one of the most prominent Republicans in the country. Now she's about to be out of a job. She and Jonathan Carl sit down in the January 6th hearing room for an exclusive interview. What does your defeat say about Trump's hold on the Republican Party? Well, it says, uh, I think, that clearly his hold is very strong uh, among some portions of the Republican Party. You know, my state of Wyoming uh, is not uh, necessarily a representative sort of, you know, sample it's of the, the party. It's arguably the most Republican, most right. pro-Trump state in the union. Right, exactly. And I think it says a couple of things. I think, one, it says that, that people continue to believe the lie. They continue to believe what he's saying, which is very dangerous. Um, I think it also tells you uh, that large portions of our party, including the leadership of our party, is, is uh, very sick. Well, Jack, it's with a heavy heart I have to record this one. Mm -hmm. I mean, democracy dies in darkness. That's right. And I can't think of a darker time that we've been in than, I mean, I'm I'm having trouble even getting it out, but like Liz Cheney, mm -hmm. who I, I know some people have been referring to her as kind of like, you know, the lion of democracy mm -hmm. lion liz cheney lying liz cheney lion yeah the lion the lion herself lion liz lost her primary mm -hmm. in fact jack did not just lose i i think the technical term for the is uh got her shit kicked in squashed yeah an absolute squash I just want to know, you know, is is the January 6th committee still going to be making the primetime television that I like so much? You know, am I am I still going to be able to watch the reality show that I like? You know, that's really what I wonder. I mean, and my understanding is that she might be around for at least a couple more months. So I, I just want the season finale to happen, you know, and not not to be canceled early without the without a proper send off to the TV show I like. Well, Jack, you know, we I had to get on some special guests, a, 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 a premium panel, maybe what you would call a prestige mm -hmm. panel of writers, journalists, raconteurs, um, scholars, philosophers, critics. Hunks. Absolute hunks, beefcakes. Um, I'm so sorry we're not doing video <laughs> because the guns, their guns are out. The They're showing off those pythons. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Bessner and Derek Davison of American Prestige, AmericanPrestigePod.com, if you want to check it out. And I went to them because they can explain this, because American Prestige provides listeners with everything they need to know about what's going on in the world. Daniel, Derek, what the hell is going on? Oh, God, Leslie, so many, so many things. I mean, I think... It's interesting. I mean, her dad needs to go shoot somebody else in the face. That's the, <laughs> That's the only way to recover from this. It's the only way to get your standing back. Just go blast somebody with your, your shotgun and, and let's get back on track here. I, I mean, I think with her, it's just like this loss is just the final nail in the coffin that's probably already 20 feet underground of the liberal Republican. It just doesn't exist as a thing any longer. And it, is, it has absolutely no electoral base. And it hasn't really existed since the mid-60s, like Nelson Rockefeller. He was the last like one with a national 
national platform. Well, I guess George H.W. Bush, but George H.W. Bush really sold out to the new base of the party. But I, I think it's, it's, it's good and dead now. Even the zombie has been murdered in terms of liberal republicanism with Liz Cheney's loss. I, I don't know. I think the, the zombie will be killed when she tries to run for the nomination oh, in 24. Yeah. And oh, that gets, is going to be a, that's going to be very, very funny. Out. That is, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that uh, sort of mid-season uh, of the television show. So for people who don't know, Liz Cheney, I'm sorry, folks, piece of garbage, uh, absolute disgusting, reprehensible person who has supported torture in every single war we've come up against, but doesn't like Trump's personality. I'm assuming because it's too similar to her father's Dick Cheney. That's the only thing I can come up with. And for that, for that, for criticizing Trump, I'm sure pretty late in the game for that. The Democrats have rewarded, have placed her in this like seat of honor and have talked about her. Even like the PACs and like occupied Democrats are constantly posting, were constantly posting about how great Liz Cheney was up into uh, this primary, which, of course, explains why she lost so badly. Sure. Because if the Democrats get behind you by but uh, if the Democratic establishment gets behind you, by definition, you're a loser, more or less. <laughs> and to see her not only fail, lose at, with a national profile, folks, national profile, 66 to 33 in a primary for a seat that she already had from what I understand. Was there any redistricting or anything of that sort of nation? I know that's going on, but as far as I know, that didn't happen. No, so Wyoming. Lost- Isn't Wyoming a, a single district state or am I wrong about that? I think it's I, close I to a it- single person state, actually. <laughs> There's like 500,000. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, no, it's a single district state. Yeah, two senators, one representative. As it should be. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, which is fine. But to lose that with all those advantages that can you can only do that with the help of the Democratic Party. Like, that's the only way you can do it. And that's why it's no surprise to me that the articles after she got absolutely destroyed by the people who know her the most and had elected her multiple times. uh now she's contemplating running for president, which is, again, a very Democratic mo- Democrat move. Like you lose embarrassingly and then you decide it's time for a promotion, like well, a big one. Well, I mean, you know, the, the money machine has already been built. You know, a lot of money was spent. A lot of people earned a lot of that money, a lot of consultants, a lot of campaign people, a lot of money flowed around. So, you know, why stop the gravy train here? Like if there's money to be made in Liz Cheney losing elections, you know that you can it's actually like you know you can lose as many as you want to be honest with you like if if the occupied democrats people are going to donate those five dollars like you know runner for every office like the bad thing would be winning uh and and not being able to campaign anymore the thing i find fascinating is that there's been this uh you know kind of canonization or beatification of of liz cheney as uh, one of the good Republicans, the the long lost good Republicans, which we're always waiting for. I mean, Nancy Pelosi talks about you know how we need a strong Republican Party, uh, and yet, um, you know, at the same time that we're sort of bemoaning the the decline of this, I don't know what I don't even know how to describe her in those terms, but good kind of you know ethical Republican or whatever. The Democrats are like all over the country; they're like supporting the. Tr- 
Trump candidates in the primaries because they want to run against them. Like, you can't oh. hold both of these positions. Like, either you long, you yearn for the days of the, you know, uh, morally upstanding Republican, or you want a bunch of MAGA candidates because you think you can beat them. But uh, the, you're, you're kind of uh, internally at cross purposes there, it seems to me. Yeah, I think we mentioned this on a prior episode, but by support, the Demo uh, uh, Democrats supporting Trump candidates, that's not like metaphorical. That's not just tweets. They're no. like spending yeah. millions and millions of dollars in various primaries supporting, you know, right, uh, far right Republicans because they think it'll be a easier uh, win in the general election, which is an insane strategy that has already failed multiple times. I mean, it because failed even Trump. It failed to getting Trump in office, actually. Like it failed at like the at the largest stage you could possibly fail on. Spending this money that could be going to, I don't know, their own candidates, but they like it's just a baffling, baffling thing what this party thinks they they are, what they think they're doing. And like this Liz Cheney loss and they took it, they've taken it so hard. I'm like, you mentioned the good Republican. I can believe in theory that of the hundreds of Republicans in office, there was one or two that aren't assholes, right? I can I can believe that for a second. Not her, though. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but not, not Liz Cheney. She yeah. would be like the last one, the last one. I mean, ones. Liz like, Cheney, like, you know, outside of the 1 6 committee, the last thing I heard about her was applauding the Roe decision. Um, so this is, these are our good <laughs> Republicans, uh, are like applauding the, you know, the Supreme Court decision to make abortion ostensibly illegal. I think, I mean, it's, it's a party that is so unwilling to commit to doing anything to try and improve anybody's lives and and you know even the the successes that they have are like these agonizing drawn out processes where you know you get one senator joe manchin usually who you know uh, it caught you know forces everybody to go for like a year and a half what could have been done in you know a couple of months and and it's it's all just so difficult that i think they would rather run on uh you know uh, yeah we suck but at least we're better than the other guys and to that extent uh you know it, it's it's a strategy to get all these maga people kind of you know get the make sure they get the nomination because the the right. contradiction is maximally heightened when you you can run against the uh, one of those guys in the I mean if you're general. not yeah if you're planning to not do anything if you're planning to run on nothing uh then you do need to have like you know I I a literal like slug to be running against uh if you're going to expect to pick up any votes which and it's funny in this case because I I finally looked up this woman that Liz Cheney is running against like Harriet you know uh Haberman H uh Hagman I don't know. Just from first glance, she doesn't look like a kook like most of the Republicans. Like if you actually look her up, you would think, oh, she kind of looks like, um, I don't know, a super extra librarian. Like like she's <laughs> like she's she's almost like a, a cinema. She's like a, a Republican. Oh, I, I was about to say Republican Christian cinema, but that's like uh, <laughs> oxy oxymoronic. It's but she's Christian not cinema. like. She's not like a burning hair, you know, she's not like one of the absolute loons from what I can tell, at least from what anybody just at a first glance can tell. The only the big knock on her was that Trump endorsed her, which is like Trump is popular. So, like, I don't know. She might she won easily uh, with his endorsement. I don't know why what why Democrats are invested in the obviously 
going to fail Liz Cheney project? Like, what do they like? What is the end goal here? She wins that nomination. And then what? And then what? Because because uh, because if Liz Cheney, if you've said all these great things about her, why would anybody vote for the Democrat running against her in the uh, general election? So it's the exact opposite problem of what they're doing on the other side where they're actually paying for the kooks to run. It's 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 wild. I mean, like it just there's just a directionless nature to the entire thing, which suggests that it's mostly about money and consultancy fees. I mean, the the only consistency is that the money is moving. That's the only thing that's consistent is that it it costs more and more to uh, have an election. That's the only uh, that's the only thing that the Democrats have accomplished. They've made it so that if you want to run for president, it costs two billion dollars. Right. And it's just straight. And and, and then if you if you win like Obama showed then you get a ton of money and Clinton showed, I mean, he was really the. the pioneer in that regard but but it, it's it's almost like pres- the president which used to be a culmination is now a first step to becoming a media celebrity which is more <laughs> it's which getting is more your getting important. your netflix overall deal yeah that's right it's, it's the first step to getting a spotify podcast contract. <laughs> like prerequisite i mean i always think that that's so funny you know that when you know when we elected trump everybody was like can you believe we elected the like tv show guy as president and then the last president <laughs> went and made fucking tv shows like obama <laughs> yeah, is just, like the like he did it in reverse yeah, it's just yeah, a different he did order. It the other way around yeah uh, obama used the presidency to become a tv guy and trump used being a tv guy to become the president Obama literally did like and nobody's heard of this, obviously, because nobody watches any of the shows that Netflix is paying him like a hundred zillion dollars for. But he narrated a show about like the national parks. So he literally is like a reality TV show host at this point. Like that's his job description. He's not doing anything else. What is he doing all day, actually? Because like Clinton did that whole 90s development thing. Like the Clinton Foundation, he was a, a kind of a Bill Gates, but I honestly don't know what Obama's doing because they, have they put out a lot of shows? Well, he like makes he makes I, his I, like list of songs that he's listening yeah. to, uh, <laughs> list yeah. of books he read this summer. <laughs> he's an he's an influencer curator. But is he in development? Yeah, no, it, is Obama in development hell? Like what's no, going on? Yes, no, he, yeah, I actually, literally, yeah, well. I don't know. It, the development hell is when the when the uh, I guess when the studio is holding you up. But I think he's actually one of these guys. He's, he's like the a developer. DJ Abrams. Yeah. So he's not like not, he's just not doing shit because I I, I guarantee uh, Netflix and Spotify. Are, I mean, they actually there was an article about this, like how Michelle Obama wasn't doing all the podcasts that she was supposed to be doing. <laughs> so it's not I don't know if you call it development hell when you just when you're the developer and you take all the money and you just don't do it because you don't because yeah. you're too f- famous. He's just collecting like he, he has the overall deal. So like, you know, he doesn't have to do anything. And plus, it's like, you know, Susan Rice is on the uh, the board at Netflix. So he's just like sitting pretty. What I think is so wild about Obama is that there really is no there's no like fake foundation or anything like all you ever hear about Obama is like that he's producing television shows that he's making a comedy series with Adam ruins everything about how the government works or he's like making the new schoolhouse rock. There's not even a fake like we're going to build houses you know, uh, uh, it's very for humanity or anything. It's it's just like he is fully a media guy at this point. He's just doing podcasts with Bruce Springsteen and shit. Yeah, I mean, and his whole team, uh, the Pot Save America guys. I mean, there's a there's a sort of post Obama liberal empire, which is kind of kind of 
apropos it fits it suits you know it's it's of the age as they say i feel like they you know got interested in using the media to kind of push obamacare and to push the aca and they got very obsessed with this idea that doing between two ferns you know was the thing that got all these young people to sign up for the aca and so they took all these hollywood meetings around that time and it's so funny that Obama was in these meetings and he was like, you know, at these production companies seeing like these producer guys wearing, you know, boat shoes and stuff. And he's like, I think I'd like to be like these guys, you know, like <laughs> this is Obama sitting there being like the president of the United States being like, damn, like they get free LaCroix over here. That's crazy. <laughs> Posse guys, their first idea was not having a little cute podcast about politics. Their first idea was to leave uh, the White House and become screenwriters. That's right. John yes. Favreau came out here first to be a screenwriter, you know, and maybe get something greenlit off of the fact that he's got the same name as the Iron Man guy or something like that. But I, I, I you know, I've said a while ago, and I, I still put this out there, that if anyone could ever get a copy of John Favreau's screenplay that he was going around, uh, you know, trying to sell around town before he made Pod Save America, I would die to read that screenplay that didn't get bought. We'll put a bounty on it. Uh, uh, no prize if yeah. you can get us a copy, a PDF for that screenplay. Yeah, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a snake eating its own tail because I think about how many of these guys went into government service because they they watched The West Wing. That's yes, right. and they I, thought, "Thank that, you so that's much it. for missing that's the way that." It, that's the way it really is. And then they come out and they're like, "I want to go be a screenwriter now." Like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. and we have to be clear: this is literal. This is not us because they were there was there was a pushback on the West Wing theory. People were like, "No way is our actual government run based on this silly TV show? You're just doing the thing that you make fun of liberals uh, for doing for you know loving Harry Potter. You're trying to redound everything to your media consumption." No, you can. Act, they actually have interviews with the Pod Save guys, and uh, by the way, Matt Iglesias as well. When they talk about how like they were sit at in their dorm rooms watching the West Wing, and it's like, man, I can't wait to be in those office, on those hollowed halls, and doing those walking talks. So it's a literal thing with them. They really did think that that is how the world should work and i think when you look at the how the presidency turned out that i i mean there must be some truth to that because he didn't do shit just like bartlett doesn't do shit <laughs> <laughs> it's always they were always about finding the like middle course which is what that it's about that the show process about. and like, the discussion yeah. and the, the never-ending debates over you know how do we how do we finesse this in just the right way to how really do, do we anything. govern? <laughs> like, How do we govern? Yeah, love it. I think, you know, even came out of uh, Hollywood before he went to D.C. to become a speechwriter. If we're talking about the Pod Save America guys, like he was making, I think he made a show called like 1600 Pen or something like that. That was a sitcom. Oh, I remember about, that. Oh, my yeah, God. Like, he was so a sitcom funny. writer who then like, you know, got a job as a speechwriter for Obama. So like he's really gone full circle from like, you know, selling TV shows, then to selling policy, then back to selling TV shows and podcasts. Um, ben Rhodes yeah. is another one who came out. I mean, he had an MFA. He came out in New York, uh, NYU. Uh, Who's that? MFA. Sorry, Ben Rhodes, the the national security speechwriter for uh, for Obama. Who's I think does. I mean, I don't know if he's one of the Pod Save guys, but he's done a lot of stuff with them. 
Yeah. I mean, these uh, are like, you know, it was kind of but, like the media White House in a way that even even more so than Trump's TV guy White House. You know, all the TV <laughs> people basically abandoned him. No one wanted to work with him anymore uh, by the time he got to the White House. Obama was like all the, you know, TV people and Hollywood people were like, shit, my show just got canceled. Maybe I can like be a speechwriter. Let's see. So Liz down, Obama missing. What do we, ha- what's, what's Joe up to this week? What's Biden up to? Besides, I mean, he survived COVID. Twice. I think, I think- I'm sure- Mrs. Had, Biden has had, COVID now. Yeah, Mrs. Biden has COVID. Biden got COVID twice. He got like the the rare two in a row COVID, but did survive it. He had like um, I think he had Joe, like the rebound, which which is a thing. Like if you go on the the medicine, Paxlovid, the Paxlovid yeah, Paxlovid which, gets you a rebound. Uh, sometimes, yeah, in some cases, you you kind of oh, get you got the double up which COVID. Pax, yeah. Paxlovid is funny because it's like you know COVID lasts ten days. You can take Paxlovid and make it last five days. But it's a roll of the dice because it could also just give you COVID again. Like, oh, it's a, du- so it's a double dip, classic double dip uh, scenario. Yes, it's a classic double dip scenario uh, where you're 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 doubling down. You're like, yeah, my can I shorten it by a couple days? But it could also give you COVID all over again. Double or nothing. Yes, double, double or nothing, or nothing with COVID. Playing yeah. double or nothing with COVID. Yeah, all right, all right, Joe. Yeah, but Joe is kind of feeling his oats, you know. And uh, there's a whole, you know, CNN. You know, has articles kind of about how the Biden presidency is back on track now. Like this is the first time they're sort of acknowledging that Joe has looked feeble and has not uh, been that inspiring of a president. But they're only acknowledging that in the context of that now he is no longer feeble and now he (laughs) is a very inspiring president. Because the Inflation Reduction Act uh, was passed, they were able to get Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema on board to pass what is like a a baby version of the Build Back Better Act, uh, which already wasn't enough. Uh, so now we are basically like a year after they were supposed to pass Build Back Better, we've gotten like the mini version of it passed, um, and so the Joe Biden presidency is on track, right in term, for, right in time for the midterms. Just the name, the Inflation Reduction Act. I feel my soul stirring, <laughs> and I can, I know that voters. Yes. All across the country are looking at the Inflation Reduction Act yes. and thinking, my God, this this man gets it. He's doing what needs to be done. Inflation is about to winnow to absolutely nothing because um, a few, not all, but a few electric cars uh, will get you a tax credit. Uh, when you buy a new electric car, you, you might be able to get a tax credit on that. Uh, I, I just saw today the Fed is still planning to like continue raising rates over and over again to basically drive the economy intentionally into a recession. This is the, the as, plan it, as it should to, be to, <laughs> yeah, to, to make things worse because of course, uh, you know, as Larry Summers often for some reason goes on Twitter and says, because I think he has a, a fetish about this. Uh, the problem is that workers just have it too good, man. They just have it too good. There's too many jobs. Oh, yeah. Wages are going up. We can't have that. The system can't function that way. So you have to drive the car into a ditch to end that. And don't and don't forget, people got $600 two years ago. Um, it's so, out of control. You know, we are, we yeah. are still dealing with out-of-control inflation from that one time everybody <laughs> got 600 bucks. I, this is why I think if Trump wins, we're going to get UBI. Or if whomever wins, we're going to get UBI. <laughs> it's like Nixon creates the EPA. 
Trump gives us UBI. And I think the UBI is going to be the Grimes plan, which is everyone is, is in Minecraft all day. And that's uh-huh. what gets in their UBI, mining Bitcoin. I, I actually think this is like a real, maybe like not that specific one, but I think that something like that is coming. No joke. Here, here's, I mean, here's my theory, which is less, um, less dramatic, but um, student loans, like they're going to, they're, I, I don't know who's going to bring them back. Uh, they're going to, they keep extending this freeze on interest and on paying. Who's going to be the guy who, you know, who's going to be the president who says, hey, uh, by the way, you people who were drowning in student loan debt have had it too good now for too long. Uh, I'm bringing them back. Guess what? You got to start. I mean, who's going to, who's going to be willing to do that? And I know they don't like to talk about it. They don't want to talk about like forgiveness or anything like that. But I, I wonder like at this point, like it's just in this limbo state. But but who's actually going to have the the balls to say, hey, guess what? You got to start paying again. I I predict Joe Biden will squeeze it in during the lame duck period. Uh, Whenever his lame (laughs) duck period is, that may be it. I mean, seriously, it it may be a a lame duck thing for and for Biden, who's been sort of enthralled to banks his entire career. How dare you? He would be the guy to do it. Not my president, Joseph Robinette Biden. He's a great (laughs) man. Yeah, I, it does feel like some. It does feel like you know whether it's Biden. It does feel like a Democrat president is going to squeeze in, uh, getting those uh, payments going again. But and no then, one's yeah, going like, to be able to pay them. Like what? Like, I, sorry, I'm I'm at a loss for words because it absolutely makes no sense. There's all this debt that is just literally unpayable with inflation, with people having no assets. Even when all like the rich boomers die. They're going to give it to like a few kids, not all of them. So right. 70% of people aren't going to be paid these loans. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, the only thing that makes sense is a jubilee a la like the 1980s immigration thing. Uh, and and no one could ideologically do that. So I don't know. That's why you just create content, kids. Create content Maybe. until you can't stop. Yeah, maybe millennials will be on Patreon until uh, the Patreon winnows away, and then they'll end up in a gutter. You know, that's kind of. I think that might be the plan: is for everyone to end up in the gutter. That's 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 kind of fun. We could all be gutter punks. Yes, everyone in the gutter using their diploma um, as a uh, you know as a cover. <laughs> all right, Daniel, Derek, we this is a shorter one, folks. I mean, I'm just too upset about Liz's loss. To I really... gotta, I gotta go out and door knock and try to raise money for uh, her presidential well, run. Honestly, we, we yeah. just <laughs> packed so much good content into 35. Let's, minutes. I mean, let's make it's too we, much. we could be the committee to elect Liz Cheney president <laughs> of the United States. We could start that right now on this yeah. show. But, yeah, but before we let you go, Daniel, Derek, what tell us about American Prestige? The Bible, Don Quixote, <laughs> Shakespeare, American Prestige. We are wow. in the long line <laughs> Love it. of great cultural products. We basically the do canon. U.S. foreign affairs stuff. Uh, if anyone wants to you know, really be aware of what's going on in terms of U.S. foreign policy or international affairs of the week, that's what we do. Derek basically is a, uh, the, the, the most informed man I know. He spends every waking hour reading all of these international news sources. So we give a weekly news update every Friday. We give a free interview, usually on a historical topic um, on Tuesdays. And then we give a bonus episode on Saturday. And we also have for our subscribers a Week in History little mini episode. So we're just turning out that content to make the the climate change go down smooth. So if you want want (laughs) to have a good time as we sort of put the pedal to the metal and go into that brick wall, subscribe to American Prestige. (laughs) 
<laughs> and Leslie, you were on the show. I don't know if you remember for our 9-11 episode last year. So if anyone wants to hear some more of Leslie talk about 9-11 movies, 9-11 culture, check that out too. Oh, that was real fun. Did we got into MCU a bit? Did we? we, did. Did we oh yeah, yeah, we talked yeah. about, yeah, we covered a, a lot of ground. That was, that was a, yeah, we did like three shows, basically. We did like a three-part show for the anniversary of the worst thing that ever happened to any country in the history of mankind. <laughs> very fitting. Very fitting. How many countries are we bombing at war at right now? Like, I, I don't want to just say bombing. How many countries, you know, including the bombings and even like raids and stuff, how many countries are we currently at war with? Well, well, Leslie, we haven't declared war since 1942. So the answer is zero. 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 And we haven't had war Derek, how do you know? Last night, most checked, peaceful force of the world country that the U.S. special uh, forces were bombs were moving through. Was that? God, I, I, really, oh, I, mean, I got. I know, probably got removed of special forces. forces. Yeah. I got removed special forces. Just standard. like, yeah, just like bombing and you know drone strikes, maybe. How? how and um, you know, full on war. Yeah, drone strikes. I mean, we're doing them in Somalia. Uh, we do them occasionally in Yemen. Uh, Afghanistan now, which you know, with the the yeah, uh, killing, we just just did another one there. So you can't say we uh, left altogether. I guess um, I'm trying to think. It's been a little quieter under Biden. Trump really kind of took the the gloves off. But of course, there's always this like uh, there's there's always these stories. You know, every once in a while they crop up where you find out that there's like. A battalion of rangers in you know Niger or something that that nobody knew about, but um, yeah, it's been I think mostly under Biden, kind of Somalia, uh, Yemen, Afghanistan. I, I would say that's it. Although I, there's probably been you know something in like the Philippines or something that I, I'm blanking on. But, yeah, like where is Jack uh, Ryan now? Where, where where's the <laughs> where's the place? Yeah, where where would Jack Ryan be? Today? He'd be in Taiwan. That's where Jack Ryan Taiwan. would be. I yeah, he probably would be in today. Taiwan. Yeah, that's where he would be. I, and there the is, I mean, there is the, the been a, there has been a more concerted effort. Uh, Ukraine, I mean, you could argue that we're at war in Ukraine. There was just a piece in, uh, uh, I think the Guardian did today about, you know, how we have to give, uh, there was like this open letter signed by, a, you know, a couple dozen nat national security types about how we're failing the Ukrainians because we're not giving them uh, more advanced weapon systems, and we're snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, which is a that was the 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 quote, uh, which is a very strange thing to say when you're also insisting that you're not actually playing a combat <laughs> role yeah. in this war. Um, oh, but yeah, country. so I mean, you could you could make the case for Ukraine, although we're not actively kind of drone yeah. striking, but we're we're enabling. We're we could itself. lose this war. We're not fighting. Yeah, we could, exactly. That we, is could, possible. we could be defeated in the war that we're not fighting. That's <laughs> We we can't have that. We must not allow uh, the the Russian hordes to to swarm through. Well, Daniel, Derek, this has been wonderful. I'm sorry it, this is a short one because I've had a great time talking with you. We'll have to do this again very very soon. But tell people where they can find you. Uh, AmericanPrestigePod.com. I'm on Twitter as at D Bessner. And Derek, what's your Twitter? I forget. Uh, at D W Davison. Uh, and you can also check me out at foreign exchanges, fx.substack.com. Oh yeah. Actually, let me plug that because Derek's too modest. Derek does this awesome Substack newsletter called foreign exchanges, which is like literally unbelievable in its scope. So if you, if you just want to have every morning, something sent directly to your email about what's going on all over the world from India 
to Indonesia to Idaho. Check it out. We don't. We don't. Right. There's not a lot of Idaho in it, but <laughs> I guess I could try. I could try to come up with something. Well, that's where a lot of the missiles are stationed, right? Idaho. True. Yeah. Yeah. True. That's why I chose it there. We could have a little update on the uh, trillion dollars that we're spending to upgrade the nukes. That would fit. <laughs> that was struggle session. Have a good one. Hey. See ya. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.